The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Welcome to Issues That Matter, a weekly program featuring interesting topics and fascinating guests. Each week, Issues That Matter tackles the concerns of people across all spectrums. And now with this week's edition of Issues That Matter, here are your hosts, Edward King and Kristen Hurley. Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. And hello there, Kristen. How are you, you doing? You know, we've had a lot of mom-focused programming lately, Edward King. Well, never and, since you got in charge right, of setting up. What is Ever that? Since I, I've I used been to in have charge authors here. and intellectuals and no, uh, because the moms are the heart of America. So, anyways, no is that difference. You're a mom. Yes. And this because you're one of those mama bear thingies. Yes. Okay. And it's the with, right the right theme for the right time in with, America. With respect. Edward. Well, you know, I've been watching some of our guest videos online, and and one of the things that she says is that. It's up to moms to uh, save America. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, let's Just, give it a chance yeah. and let's move Step on. Step aside here. All right. So today's special guest is Kimberly Fletcher. She is founder, CEO, president of Moms for America with over 500,000 members. And we're bringing this program to you because we're asking our moms and our audience and our dads and grandparents to uh, literally join the movement because in 2024, we have a incredibly important election coming up. And our second hour guest is running for Congress. But in this one, I want to just move forward with getting you aligned to Moms for America. They have a website, Moms for America, one word, .us. Again, it was founded in 2004. It's a national nonprofit which promotes and restores family values, principles of liberty, and the principles that our, our nation was founded on. And so I said in my comments, in other words, Moms for America is fighting the evil hordes taking over America. And, you the know, mom it's, army. And I know evil horde sounds a little bit, you know, overstated, but in reality, if you see what they're doing with people marching in those pride things saying, we're coming for your children, this is the evil that we're fighting with. So Kimberly is also an author, a columnist, a radio host, a contributor, writer to townhall.com, which I'd like to listen to and check out their website. So, Kimberly, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to here with you guys. Well, thank you. And before we get lost in this, Kimberly, don't we have, isn't she visiting the Monterey area like She's coming Sunday? to the neighborhood, yeah, for a couple of events. So we were glad to grab you here and introduce you to our audience. And if anyone is local, there's a couple of events coming up in the next couple of days to check out Kimberly in person. But in the meantime, yeah, we, if I may chime in here though, there have been, and I have been a part of so many parents groups and parents rights groups that have sprung up in the last couple of years out of necessity, right? Every, every little town had a group of moms that found one another during the lockdowns and and what have you. But so I, to my absolute pleasant surprise, Kimberly, <laughs> you started Moms for America 2004. You are seriously ahead of the curve, <laughs> the rest of us. Yeah. So I think maybe we should just start with that. What is it, what precipitated your founding this group? Uh, well, there were a couple of things that happened. The first thing was 9-11. Uh, my husband was stationed at the Pentagon on 9-11 and 
through a series of literal miracles who came home safe that day. And I remember sitting with my family and my husband and, and just, you know, you just wanted to be around your family and be closer to God. And everything was about closeness during that time. And I just miss sitting there looking at my children and wondering how did we get here? And I've always been patriotic my whole entire life. I pledged the flag. We did the fourth of July. We do all these things. But that was the day that I went from being patriotic to being patriot. And I have been on the front lines of freedom ever since. There were a couple of other things that happened around the same time. Um, I started homeschooling our children because one of my sons had a physical condition that precluded him from going to public school. And after two weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm bringing all my kids home. I didn't learn all the things when I was in school. And I just found, you know, the best books and resources, the history and the heritage that that made America the, what it is and that, that we aren't teaching in schools anymore. And then... Um, and then in 2003, I ran for school board, and that was incredibly eye-opening. And so at, at that point, I started to realize where where our nation was going and that they were using our school system to steal the hearts and minds of our children to take it where they wanted it to go. And I saw this. I saw this in, in 2001 to 2004, and then in 2004, as I was going around and and talking to moms about, you know, the election, what was going on and that kind of thing. I realized that we're so busy and focused with our homes and our families that we don't, we don't even get involved in the election. So the vast majority of conservative women of faith aren't voting. Most of us aren't even registered to vote. And so I, it was all of those things together where I said, wow, we need an organization moms so that we can protect our children, preserve our freedoms and restore this republic and make sure we don't lose the, the blessings of freedom that we've had. And and that again, I mean, you're you're saying verbatim. I think what everyone has really come to terms with in the last couple of years, um, you're just definitely sort of ahead of the times. Not that you know, and, and I think nine eleven was a turning point for a lot of Americans as well. But I think it's definitely um, been super. Well, twenty twenty was a big wake up call on on multiple <laughs> fronts, and I and I talked to people and and when I. Over the last, over the course of the last, you know, three years, and I'll meet somebody and they'll be doing this or they'll say, well, I got involved because, and it's either because of January 6th. There are a lot of people who got involved because of that, because they're like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> that's, not what, that's not what happened. Yeah. Or it was because of what they saw when they're, when they, you know, I, I've been for, for two decades, I've been telling people what's happening in their children's schools. And they look at me like a helicopter parent with a tinfoil hunter. In 2020, God gave us this, this wonderful gift of this this big light that that shone on everything and said, "No, um, here's here's the roaches. <laughs> they all scatter, but they don't stay away. They regroup, and they regroup in in more powerful ways. And they've become so open and and um, they feel like untouchable. We've gotten to the point now where we can just do anything and get away with it. Well, they really cross a line when they tried to stand in between a mother and her child." And and that's when people just started to flood to us in mass numbers because we were already there. And I, I call the from from 2004 to, to 2012, I, I kind of call our quiet years when we were able to figure things out and realize what the true solutions are and create great products and resources. And then 2012, we launched our cottage meeting, which took off across the country. 2017, we held the uh, first ever Moms March for America to counter the Pink Cat Brigade that descended on the nation's capital. And and we just like been growing ma in massive uh, by massive numbers ever since because they keep flooding us going oh my gosh you guys are common sense you you have the truth and when we do 
and we and I have been ahead. I, I will tell you in 20 was it 2018 no 2019 I went around the country uh, talking to all these different people trying to raise money for our our school board project because more and more moms were coming to me desperately seeking help of how to how to combat what was happening because it was really starting to pick up and parents were starting to notice it and and they would and they would say oh that's nice but what are you doing for the election oh we're not interested in that in 2021, they were calling me, wow, you were way ahead of the game. What can we do to help you? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> now we're we ready to pulse help. on the culture. Right. We pulse on the culture. We see what's coming. You should listen to us. So I, I think that's really a good back backstory on where we're at today. So I've got two questions for you. They're pretty much wrapped up. I could wrap them up as one. So here's my first question for you, Kimberly. Is there any way to reverse America's current death spiral? And can we heal our nation? So that's a two-part question. Can we slow it down? Can we stop it? And then can we heal our nation? Because we are terribly off. I travel across this country 45,000 miles in the last 18 months, and I see not only evil, but I see corruption and destruction everywhere I go. And despair. I think a lot of people have given up. Good point. So, Kimberly, can you answer our question for you? Is there any way to reverse America's current death spiral? And can we heal our nation? The answer to both is an emphatic yes. Um, So, I will tell you that the the death spiral. So, the first thing I'll say is there are a lot of people out there, and particularly, you know, Christian people of faith, who are just living in just they're staying back and waiting for god to come back and well we're just living in god's world we're not going to engage with that but you're losing god's world because you're not engaging in man's world and i'm not asking you to be a part of man's world i'm asking you to stand up and speak out against it and and so the, the first thing we can do to to hold the line is to make sure that our voice is being heard our vote is our voice for our values and if we are not voting our voice is not heard and our values are not represented and we're going to get more of the same the other thing is we need to keep speaking truth. If it's not documented, it didn't happen. If something is happening in your children's schools, if your if your kids are coming home and they're they're look they're starting to become inward and 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 pulling away from things that they used to be involved in, then pay attention to that and talk to them. Be an advocate with your child. Make sure that they know that you are in this fight together and you're fighting the evil that's coming. You don't have to fight the battle. You don't have to be the person in school that stands up against this. You come home and bring it to mama, mama's got it. And then what we have is a platform, a national platform, where we can get these stories out there. And I'm telling you, it's making a difference because corporations who are pushing this crazy down our throats, they're bullied and intimidated too. They think this ESG score is something real. It's a joke. And, and, and we're pushing back on it. And we're saying, no, we're going to take the power of our purse to places where they're not pushing ESG. We're going to go into the schools and we're going to say, no, we're not doing DEI. We've got to, to keep standing together for truth and common sense. And we need to unite together in our communities, find other moms, other parents, and, and share, share with them. what If you find a, a book excerpt, I just found this in our children's schools. Our children have access to this. What do you think about that? And they're not going to look at you like a helicopter parent anymore. They're going to be part of the army that you're raising in your own community to fight back on this. It's going to happen in the community. It's going to start in the home, and it's going to influence the whole entire nation. Everything is going to be local. Then how do we heal our land? I'm telling you, I 100% believe the mothers are the last best hope of America. 
the hand that rocks the cradle isn't just a cute little saying. It is an immortalized fact. When Matthew Vassar started Vassar Women's College, he said he did so because he realized that the mothers of the country molded citizens, determined its institutions, and shaped its destiny. When Alex de Tocqueville came to America, he was looking for the greatness of America, and he, one of the places he found it was in the strength of her women. And he said the right, that righteous women in their circle of influence, beginning in the home, can turn the world around. That is exactly what we're doing. We're on a destiny-shaping mission, and we're turning the world around. And we have the ability to do that, but it has to start local. You have to connect in your in your own community. You have to understand what America is about, that, that, it's, that freedom is worth fighting for, that there is hope. And that's one of the things we do with our cottage meetings. When we hold these cottage meetings in-home or online, it's life-changing. That's that's the two words that we hear most most often. Oh my gosh, this changed this changed my life because we're giving them their history and their heritage back that has been stripped from them. We're helping them understand what their rights are, where they come from, God, not government, and how to effectively exercise them. And it is creating a mom army. It's a mom-led revolution. And and we are at the forefront of this revolution, uniting these moms, connecting them, and empowering them. We activate, we empower, and we mobilize moms. To be a force of nature, promote freedom in their homes, communities, and through their vote. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. go ahead. Well, and you say local, and I immediately think, well, what's what is the most local? It's in your own home. And I was really taken on, on the website. If if listeners can go and explore momsforamerica.us, there's there's there are blog articles, um, and one absolutely caught my attention. Seven ways to raise patriots and promote liberty. And we are in a culture war. It's an awful culture war. And I feel like, you know, the other side has definitely gotten its claws into our children because we abdicated, right? We left that responsibility to public education and culture and that sort of thing. And I think part of this movement, what we're talking about is, yes, moms out in the community doing stuff, but moms bolstering their own kids right. to fight in the future. This is not going to go away. So I lo- do you want to talk a little bit about this? How, how to raise patriots? What does that mean? How do, how do you teach your kids and instill in them uh, instru- instructions in the Constitution? And this is absolutely my favorite mean? subject. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so I, I, I it's of all the things that we do that Promoting and nurturing a love of liberty in the home is the most powerful, effective thing we do. There's nothing that's going on outside the home that can't be counter-healed or curtailed inside the home. And mom is the center of the home and home is the center of society. So they have stolen this, the they who are trying to take over our republic and turn us into a socialist utopia. They, they have done this in one generation. Then we can turn it around in one generation. And it starts with alpha. I don't know if you guys realize this, but this I mean, it gives me chills when I think about it. I'm from the X generation, the generation that drank out of the fire hose and had to come home when the lights came on. Um, the Y generation, of course, is that. the millennials, <laughs> right? Gen Z, they've started all over again. The alpha generation are my grandchildren. And, and those parents that are raising them right now are the Z generation. And we have the ability to touch their hearts, to help them realize how powerful their influence is. And when we do, they want to share that love of liberty with their children. So I can just give you some of the some examples of, of what we teach and what we do. Family dinner hour. How are a family dinner hour? And how, you know, families at the time of the revolution, they would sit around and they would talk about, um, you know, 
the Constitution or the, the Declaration of Independence or, you know, the histories of, of these different people. We have the best stories of, of the people who sacrificed so much. And so we have put this little book together and it's um, called Table Talk. 30 days, 31 days of quotes, questions, and stories that you can share with your children to spark family dinner conversation. And one of the stories we talk about is one of my favorites, Ethan Allen. And Ethan Allen is not just a furniture store. He was actually a dude. <laughs> he and the Green Mountain Boys lived in Vermont, and they were fighting for their freedoms and their properties. And when the uh, Fort Ticonderoga um, had a large cache of, of cannon and munitions, um, he and, and Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys got together, and they decided to go and, and take over Fort Ticonderoga. And so they went in uh, at night and, and when everyone was asleep, and Ethan Allen went straight to the commander's door, banged on his door, and the commander came out and said, by what authority do you? And Ethan Allen broke in and stopped him and said, by the by the power of the great Jehovah, the Continental Army, I command you to surrender this fort. And the fort was surrendered without the loss of a single person. And all those munitions were then carried to the colonial army at the time when they needed it most. And it was the it was the day that they took that fort was the day that George Washington agreed to take the commission for the Continental Army. And wow. it, it's hey, those kind of stories that. inspire wow. courage. It, right. Stories. Stories are how we raise patriots. We share with them the story of America, which is a beautiful, incredible story. Have we made mistakes? Of course. Are there things we could have done better? Absolutely. But we learn from them too. We don't hide from, from the, the, the stories of the bad things we did. We learn from them. When we talk to them about American exceptionalism wasn't dragging Indians across the country. American exceptionalism was believing in something greater and the expansion of freedom and, and the dragging Indians across the country. That was a massive mistake. And it, and it was the government who, who who made that mistake. And and there were we need to look at that. I remember the first time that I saw a video of the, of the Holocaust. I was 14 years old. I was in ninth grade. And I remember just sitting in that classroom, being just in agony, tears streaming down my face and saying, who would ever do something like that? And saying, never again, never again will I allow something like that to happen. What people don't realize is that the same methods that Hitler used, that Mao used, that Stalin used, are being used and adopted right now today in our country. We are literally living in Mao's China, Hitler's Germany, and Stalin's Russia. And, and the people of America don't even know how dangerous of a footing we're on. And they're using our children. If we can tell our children this is how the most evil despots in the world created their evil atrocities, they will see it coming. If we can read stories to our children like the emperor's new clothes, they will know a boy's a boy and a girl's a girl and the emperor's naked and somebody needs to put some clothes on the dude. These are the kinds of things that you can teach children through powerful stories, a classical liberal arts education that is really not that hard to come up with. We provide all the books and resources right on our website. You can get them from the library. And they're so much better than Captain Underpants. <laughs> I mean, it's, this, is, this is real heroes, people that they can believe in, things that really happened, like the bulletproof George Washington. These are real. And, and that's what gets kids really excited and motivated. And then share with them experiences. Take them to places, share the story of a place, and then take them to it. That changes everything. When I took my kids to Arlington Cemetery for six months before we ever went, 
I read them stories of heroes and patriots who were buried there, who given their lives in multiple wars. We talked about that Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and what a sacred place that was. By the time my boys got there, who were nine and six at the time, like any little boys, they jump out of the car and they start running in. They get to the gate and they literally stop. Just stop. And there's a group of other kids who are coming and running by. And my seven-year-old boy turned around and looked, six-year-old boy turned around and looked at them and said, Please stop. This is a special place. And they knew that because we've been talking about it and we've been reading about it. They are not sharing the story of America in our schools. And I'm not just talking about public. Private parochial schools have the same problem. It is it is permeating our whole entire culture. We are the ones who determine what the future of America will look like. And yeah. if we don't like it, we as moms can change it. Yes. <clears throat> With homeschooling, and we've had a number of homeschooler <clears throat> experts on the show in the past, and then there's also other resources that are out there, like the Tuttle Twin books uh, with Connor Boriak. I know we've had him on the show a couple of times, and and other resources. But one of the things that you had mentioned earlier was, which was documenting things, because I think what your voice is sharing is that you know this is going on, but so many people aren't recognizing it in their own home community, their own school their own neighborhood. And one of the things you had mentioned, you said things need to be documented, just like with the J6. I watched a speech yesterday by Donald Sutherland, I believe his name, and he is in the process of defending some of the J6 um, people that have been persecuted by our Political prisoners. Communist government yeah. that we've got. The, the FBI gulag. Or the, and the gulag, exactly. And one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, when your child comes home from school and starts talking about what the teacher is saying and things like that, you had said, and I would agree, is if it's not documented, it wasn't said. And in essence, you could almost, I would encourage moms and dads to video their, with their phone what the child comes home to report because it needs to be documented and put together so that we can help convince and open up the eyes of other moms and dads in our neighborhood and in our schools and in our families. I've had numerous conversations with my dad and his wife who used to be good conservative Republicans and they have been so indoctrinated by NSNBC and CNN and NBC and and the whole rest of the mainstream media that, that, A, they don't know a lot of what's going on. And so when I go down there and talk to them face-to-face and say, hey, do you know about this or that, about Hunter Biden or whatever, they're like, no, I, I don't, and, and I don't believe what you have to say. But if we document it and and literally share it on, I don't know, Twitter, YouTube, and all of the above, Somehow we need to make an impact to fight back the lies that are going on in the mainstream media. When I was a firefighter years ago, um, we used to, as a forestry fire, we used to fight fire with fire. And I believe that's what we have to do now. And we have to do it with the election as well. So what other tools can parents be guided towards, pointed towards, that will help them educate their children and stand strong in the gap of against the tyranny of information that is being blasted against their children. 
absolutely. Well, one of the one of the things I want to just lead out with is uh, Total Twins is amazing. Connor Boyack is a friend of mine. We promote his books all the time. Resources like that, um, we gather them. There isn't anything that we don't we don't recommend anything that we haven't read, tried, or used ourselves. That way, so that when moms like come, that on your on your yeah, ab- absolutely, and that way when moms come to us, they know that anything that we have there is a trusted source. Um, we go one step further from having the parents document what their children are telling them. We encourage the parents to encourage their children to document it themselves. They have cell phones in school. I don't know why they have should have cell phones or why they have them in school, but they do. So use it. Yeah. And this is this is actually working. Is that they're like they're becoming our investigative reporters, these moms and their kids, where the kids will come home and report it. Um, if they have the ability to record it, they do. And then we're able to get that on national news, on local news, everywhere. And and it is extremely important that we keep telling these stories because this is what happened during the Holocaust. Nobody wanted to nobody would believe right. that something so horrible was happening and everybody hid behind it and and when they when they did know they wanted to pretend they didn't know there's a great book out there um i can't remember the name of the author but it's uh, how do you I think it's called how do you kill six million people and the bottom line is you lie to them and he, he talks about that that the, the trains that were going to these to these concentration camps filled with Jews who were screaming and crying and and they would go through the countryside and the people in the homes would hear them and they couldn't stand the sound. And so they turned up the music on their radios to sound it out. And this is what's happening. We're like putting our heads over our pillows. We don't want to know. And when we do know, we're either like, well, well how, how could that really be happening? And then when we realize it really is happening, that's when we say, okay, what, what do we do? How could this possibly be happening? So I don't, we don't disparage anyone who, mm-hmm. who thinks that, no, that can't be happening. They, we've been lied to. We've been lied to and deceived and on purpose. And there's a, another great book called, um, uh, oh, it was a, a professor who wrote it and it was, um, none dare call it conspiracy. I think it was a professor and he had, it was during the early late 60s early 70s and everybody was talking about communism and he's like oh my gosh i'm so tired of hearing these kooks talk about communism i'm gonna write a research paper to prove them wrong and after nine months of exhaustive research he proved the kooks right and wrote a book and it names names and it, and it addresses people and it talks about you know obviously 1913 was a very bad year for america and one of the things he says is the goal of any the objective of any of 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 any uh, conspiracy is to convince people that there is no conspiracy and and that's exactly what they're doing if yeah. you say anything then they call you a homophobe or a racist or whatever but the fact of the matter is they are torturing our children they are molesting our children they are Absolutely. they are abusing yeah. our children mm-hmm. and they're doing it under the guise of education and now that moms know it now that parents know it we're involved we're engaged and we're not going to allow it to happen so i do believe we can turn this around but we're going to have to do it by uniting together as parents and communities to protect our children and keep standing up and speaking truth and documenting the deception so let's help people get educated so the name of the first book you mentioned is how do you kill 11 million people and it's by andy andrews a-n-d-y andrews a-n-d-r-e-w-s course it's available on amazon like everything else is it's about 11 bucks <laughs> so it's really worth it tell us the name of that second book none 
dare call it conspiracy. You know, while I think, yeah, it it was underhanded, I want to point out that they're telling us exactly what they're doing now. They are so unashamed and so emboldened. Let let me just quote here from um, an article I have in front of me. Speaking about Pride Month at the White House, this is so top down and it's so out in the open. If anybody caught any of the shenanigans that were happening at the White House during June Pride Month, it's disgusting. It's abhorrent. And I I note that at this event, it was announced that there's a special coordinator now appointed to be waging lawfare against schools that try to shield children. So we do know, we see at these school board meetings, the brave parents that get up and read aloud from the pornographic material that are in the classrooms and the libraries and all that. And and moms really are trying to call attention that this stuff is being heralded and pushed on our kids. But the Biden administration is doing everything they can to squash this uprising of parents. And I, and I want to quote this. This is Health and Human services, sorry, Secretary Becerra says at the Pride Summit, quote, this game of defense can get tiring. We want offense. Let's play on the offensive, talking about going after these parents groups that are concerned about the (laughs) disgusting, gross, abhorrent uh, material in the classroom. So, I I mean, while everything, I think it's been under, under wraps for decades now, but they're so emboldened and out in the open right now um, that it just feels so sickening. And I think it's a double-edged sword for them, right? Because now more more and more people are paying attention. But what do you think well, about, I, like, why is the president I hope they the keep doing that. promoting porn? Yeah, well, I, I hope they keep saying they're coming after parents. I hope they keep uh, being so clueless with their emboldness because it is waking more people up. And but the, so... Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, you're in California, so you probably are familiar with the Folsom Street Fair. And the Folsom Street Fair has been going on for like 25, 30 years, and it is the most debauchery you can possibly find. Um, men openly having sex with each other and people dressed in um, leather with beating each other with whips. I mean, it, it's like absolutely disgusting. And That's it happens the on Folsom neither Street. Neither one of us have heard about it. So, <laughs> right. Like, well, my innocent I'm, mind. It's in, it's in San I'm Francisco. I'm covering my ears right now. I'm covering my <laughs> right. ears. Right. Now. So. Well, you should. It's in San Francisco. Um, and we have elected officials, including Nancy Pelosi, who has opened the fair. We have beer companies that are sponsoring this fair. And, and they were allowing children to go to it. And at, at least we were able to stop that. But now, now Folsom Street Fair is coming to Main Street USA and it's on the lawn of the White House. Yeah. And and they are and you don't you don't close Pandora's box when you open it. And it was it was absurd for the the the, the I can't remember her name, the woman who um does the press the press secretary. But when she came out and said, well, obviously they, yes. that was right. That's her name. It was, it was unacceptable. Uh, and, and, you know, that person is obviously not invited back. Well, you just invited the whole entire crew and, and you don't just, you, you don't just make it go away. You don't get to decide what comes out of the box and you don't just shove it back in. And, and this is, they're trying to make this so normal and so mainstream. I mean, two other books that you could mention are 1984 and the Brave New World, because we're living there right now. Yeah. They're trying to turn our children into sexualized beings that have no understanding of these concepts at, at ages that they should not be. Just, just give you a perfect example. In 2015, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. I mean, this is happening everywhere, people. If you don't know, 
everywhere where there's a teacher's union, this is happening, and every school district in the country has a teacher's union, and that is the mafia that they're using to take over our, our, our schools and our kids. So I'm in Omaha, Nebraska at a school board meeting, and um, Susie Buffett, who is Warren Buffett's daughter, sits in the middle of the second row of any school board meeting where she wants to push any of this nefarious stuff down their throats, and she's funding it. And they have, she funds all kinds of organizations that, that do this, like the Minnesota uh, Institute, or I can't remember what it's called. Um, anyway, I, I, Minnesota Communities, I think is what it's called. And and she, she funds all these things to, to push these things down our throats. So she owns that school board. And they were talking uh, in the meeting about standards. This, this, the, the new, if you haven't heard of comprehensive sex education, it is very comprehensive. And they are were deciding at what grade level do they introduce what concepts. And the discussion came up of at what grade level, fourth grade or fifth grade, we introduce dental dams. I had no idea what a dental dam was. So I looked it up on my phone and I was like, are you kidding me? A dental dam is an apparatus that you that you use to aid you in oral and anal sex. What grade at any grade level do we need to be introducing back to children? When you're sitting there talking about it at fourth and fifth grade, and then the, the, the vice chair on the committee said, um, on the school board committee said, Oh, I know that this is, you know, this is a very difficult conversation, but we have to have it. But I know it's uncomfortable because it's on public TV. And while well, my daughter's home watching it, you could see an audible gasp in the room. And, and, and one guy stands up and says, Do you realize what you just said? You're uncomfortable talking about it. You're concerned that your daughter is home watching it, but you want to shove it down our kids' throats behind closed doors. You don't see a problem with this. And that's what we've been facing in these school board meetings. But I'll tell you, we do have a powerful solution, and we are a solution organization. I met with Glenn, with um, Joan Rich in uh, January, and we were talking to the, yes, the country music singer. <laughs> He's very active in, in, in protecting kids and, and this, this whole debauchery that's going on with our children. And he came up with this brilliant idea. He said, I observed that there were things that you could not show on TV or on the radio that were in the classroom and being shoved on kids. And the whole reason why they have the FCC standards is to protect kids from these things. And so he said, I, we need to have an FCC standard in schools. And so he went, he wrote a bill, he took it to, to the Tennessee legislature. It didn't get passed. It came close, but didn't get over the finish line. And then he said, John, the Texas legislature is in session only every other year, and this is the year. Let me take it to Texas. And he said, absolutely, run with it. And so we took it to Texas, the whole entire concept. We looked at uh, all the obscenity bills that were being introduced. Jared Patterson had the bill that we felt was the best. It was HB 900. It dealt specifically with the books and the libraries, the classrooms, and the curriculum. It didn't It didn't protect the kids from what comes out of an adult's mouth or the digital learning, but we're going to go back and we're going to add that. So... Um, he he adopted the FCC standard. We adopted his bill as the FCC standard bill. We ran it through. We did an enormous amount of work to get that passed. It passed through the House with nine Democrats signing on board. And then it went to, it was 10, it was 10 Democrats signing on board. And then it went through the Senate. We fought hard for it there. And, went, and the governor signed it into law on Jan, June 12th. So it is now law. It has gone through both houses in Louisiana, sitting on the governor's desk. We've introduced it in eight different states. And we're taking a similar bill to Congress, um, because while they have purse, we can mm -hmm. incentivize and de-incentivize people if they adopt or do not adopt the, the FCC standard. And it's pretty simple. If you can't show it on TV and you can't air it on the radio, you can't have it in the classroom. Makes good sense. They're yeah. going to call you... Uh 
you're going to, you're censoring Kimberly. (laughs) Just like they're saying, oh, well, you know, they're book banners, these evil parents who want this material out of the classroom. You're just trying to censor them. And I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to jump. I absolutely am. (laughs) I need to take a quick break for our sponsors. You are listening to Business Sense Radio with Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley and our special guest today, and we'll be right back. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit, four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at Freedom fast.com see you in memphis business owners do you want to build a successful business invest in your most valuable asset your staff alliance career training solutions solve your staff training needs employees need to be successful for you to be successful at alliance career training we provide professional hands-on training classes including excel word business writing outlook and sexual harassment as required by law Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at alliancetrains.com. All right, we're back. Thank you very much. I'm not sure that we, that people that are listening to this don't need to go back and listen one more time and get, you know, catch us on our website so they can listen to all the facts and details that our guest Kimberly has brought out. Now, one of the books that you had mentioned which was none care, none dare call it conspiracy is a book by Gary Allen and Larry Abraham, and it's available on Amazon and other places that you can buy. You can also get the audio, the audible books, which is one way I listen to it when I'm on the road. And both of these books are very short and easy reads. None dare call it conspiracy is only like 121 pages. And the the how to kill eleven million people and thank you for correcting me on that. Um, it, it it's just like a very small book with you know big words and captions. It's very it's a very powerful book. You can read it literally in like fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. But it is it is well worth reading as as it is and holding it in your hands because the way he presents it, it's just a it's a gut getter and you realize oh my gosh that's we, how they did we it. We all need to read this. We all need to wake up and we also need to get into the facts because just like we were sharing about having your kids document things that are going on in the schools, what we also have to do is we have to like journalize this stuff, which is what I do. I can go back and see the garbage that was going on a year ago or two years ago because it's it's appalling, but we seem to forget it very quickly. Now, Moving on to a kind of a different topic, but it's just adding to what we've already talked about. So election season is coming. And, you know, so the big question is, what is it that we do? And there are many groups that are now becoming more proactively involved, especially in getting people to register to vote, to get out and vote, not just talk about voting. But there is an underlining current of many people who do no no longer believe in the election process. They no longer believe that um, their votes count, that the votes are actually counted, that the ballot boxes are not stuffed by the same evil that we're dealing with coming over the media. So what can we do as 
parents, as voters, as neighbors, what would you suggest? And before you give me my, my answer, I want to remind people, your website is called momsforamerica.us. And there's also a YouTube channel, which is on YouTube. It's Moms March, at Moms March, M-A-R-C-H. So those are two resources that you need to utilize and get connected to. Sign up, get their newsletter, get involved. But let's go back to the question. Election season is coming, Kimberly. What can we do? Well, we need to not dismiss um, the legitimate concerns with the security of our elections. And what we should not do is is tell people that our elections are perfectly secure and that everything's fine and there was no fraud. I've seen fraud since 2004 when I was actively engaged in Ohio. And I have seen things personally that would make your skin crawl. Um, it is out there. It is happening. And they are legitimate concerns. But that should not be a reason why you do not vote. That just, that just helps them. <laughs> that makes it easier for them to be deceptive and, and win elections. So what we need to do is we need to get registered first and foremost, get registered to vote. And then depending on our state, we need to see um, if your state has mail-in balloting, do a mail-in ballot. Don't vote on election day. If your if your state allows ballot harvesting until we until we make it illegal, do it. Go and ballot, harvest those ballots. Go out to all your friends and your neighbors, your, your family members, and, and collect their ballots and turn them in. Um, there are people who are working actively to make sure that as, as much as possible that we are tracking those ballots and everybody that has them in their hands is, is being watched. There are some really great laws that have been passed that people don't even realize Georgia was the first one to do it, to pass specific laws to protect the security of the elections in that state. Um, we do need to get rid of the machines, and we should not trust them. Well, on election day, you're going to be using a machine. But you can actually, a lot of a lot of states, I think most states, you can actually go into your board of elections office and ask for a paper ballot, and you can fill it out right there. So we need to do everything that we can to ensure that our voice counts and our, that our vote counts. But, but the last thing we should do is not vote. Right. <laughs> we, we need to come out in mass and vote because I will tell you the only reason why people were aware of just how bad the fraud had, had become in our elections is because Donald Trump won so big that they had to go go out of their way to and and you know people could say you're just crazy you that didn't happen but the fact of the matter is we saw it in real time. We know we saw it okay so there was obvious deception and lies and theft in the whole entire process. Right. So did he win that election? I personally am convinced that he absolutely did win the vote of the American people. Is mm -hmm. he the president of the United States? No, mm -hmm. because all the checks and balances that, that are in place went to, went to Joe Biden um, as unfortunate as, as it was, but that should not be a reason why we step out of the process. That is what happened in Georgia in December and why we lost the Senate. Because people said, my vote doesn't count anyway, and these machines are fraudulent, so I'm not going to go vote. Mm -hmm. That is not the answer. We have some great resources on on um, our website, and we have MomVote. Uh, MomVote is a great resource where you can sign up, uh, take the pledge to vote, and you will get reminders of when registrations are, 
where where they are in your state, when the deadlines are, what what ballot options you have for for casting your vote, and you'll get reminders of you know the, the deadlines coming up. You need to register. The deadlines coming up. You need to um to, to vote early or whatever. And 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 it's and it's done by state. So you can you can find out you know for yourself. We also have a partnered with iVoter Guide, and we do uh, we promote the, their their resources, which you put in your own zip code, and you can see what's on your own ballot and who these people are and and where they stand on the issues. And then we do co-branded voter guides that are digital that can be shared and passed out. I mean, there's we do everything that we possibly can to empower moms to get registered and be able to vote their values with confidence. Mm-hmm. And and that is the, the part that we're doing. I know there are several other organizations we work with, like Wall Builders and Faith and Freedom Foundation and um, American Family Association, which uh, is is actually, um, they actually enveloped the iVoter Guide so they can have more outreach and more, and more resources. So great organizations out there. We work with them all to provide the best information so that you can vote your values with confidence. And that is what we need to do. You know what? Whatever the system is, we still go out and we vote. And you should be able to vote with confidence, your own values. And then we keep doing whatever we can. There are other organizations doing it. We we as voters do not have to fix every problem. There are organizations and entities out there working very hard to fix the election process so that we can trust it again. Mm-hmm. But we need to keep voting until that until until it is. So that was a very interesting point you had said about voting by mail, um, because in California, I believe those people, they vote by mail and like they mail out to every every vacant lot, every gets a vacant bunch lot, of ballots. And every dog mm-hmm. on the street. Well, then we need to be going to every church and we need to be registering people, helping them fill out their ballots and then turning them in. And I wanted to point that out, actually, if I, on the momsforamerica.us website, um, the under events, there's uh, the biblical citizenship class that you're offering. And I want to make this point that everyone knows that there's a big deficit in the faith community vote. Um, Christians, for whatever reason, are finding, you know, we're seeing that they are part of the group that are just not politically engaged, and they can and should be. And I want to encourage everyone to go check out this biblical citizenship series. I know we do this locally. There are certain groups that hold, you know, host somebody will host in their living room um, and walk through these, you know, multi-week series. But you can go and take this course through Moms for America. Do you want to talk a little bit about this, Kimberly? Because there's a direct connection between the Bible and the principles that this country was founded on and everything in the Constitution that um, people need to know about. And I think that helps people value what we have here in America uh, and inspires them to participate. As you said, stop being patriotic and become a patriot. Do you want to talk a little bit about this course? Yeah, absolutely. So Rick Green is is a, a good friend. Um, he is the founder of Patriot Academy. Um, he has several different resources. Uh, the, the this is one of them: biblical citizenship. And we actually have a mom 
um, in Illinois who reached out to us and said, you know what, I'm one of the approved instructors for biblical citizenship. I'd like to do a digital class online for moms. Is that okay? I'm like, it's great with us. So I called Rick. He's like, yeah, fantastic. So we co-branded everything. We you know, pushed it out there because it, it, it is extremely important that, that we as people of faith understand connection between God, freedom, and family and this country. I mean, there are incredible stories of absolute miracles that during the revolution, there, there is no way there is no way that a fledgling bunch of foresters and farmers should have been able to beat the largest, most powerful country and army in the world. There's no way that there's, I mean, you look at it today, like scratching your head. How did that even happen? I'll tell you how it happened. It was the intervention of God and miracles. And our founding father said it, and you can dismiss God all you want, but you cannot dismiss the fact that these miracles did happen and that our founding fathers wrote it and attested to it in, in, in real time. And in, in core source materials, you can find these stories. And the, I mean, there was a, one story of George Washington where he bulletproof George Washington, and he's riding through the during the French and Indian War, and the Indians are are shooting at him, and the commanders had all been shot, and they'd shot two horses underneath him, and when he got home, he had bullet holes in his vest, and nothing had penetrated him. And years later, he's driving, he's going traveling through the Monongahela in Pennsylvania. An Ohio area and an Indian chief finds out that he's coming and he comes to meet him. And he said, I was there that day when I told my, my, my braves to fire on you. And when I realized that you could not be shot, that you could not be killed, I told my braves to stop shooting at that man because God's hand is on him. The great oh. spirit's hand is on him. And I, I mean, there, there are incredible, incredible things that happen through history. Wall Builders has great information on, they're the ones, David Barton's the one who wrote the Bulletproof Church of Washington. This was real accounts from original source material. So you have all of these people that are writing these books saying, well, this is what happened, but we're not going to, we're not going to annotate it because of, of, of time and space. But the students who read it have to annotate it that that's where they got it from. They're completely ignoring source materials. And the fact is, God is a God of freedom. He isn't making us choose him. We have our free will. He wants us to choose him. He hopes we'll choose him. But he isn't making us choose him. Even he has to obey the laws of freedom. Mm-hmm. And family, family is what this nation was founded on. So many people think that America was founded on a government that out of expediency and efficiency and convenience, they divided it by states and then divided those states by counties so they could better serve the people. The exact opposite happened. It was started by families and small communities who then grew into a county, who then became colonies, who then decided to join a union. But they were all, it's all about families, protecting those values and those freedoms in their own homes and communities and working together in that within that community. Faith, we need to believe in something bigger than ourselves. And, and God, I mean, we all know as people of faith, God wins in the end. But yeah, I'm planning on so. having a whole lot of battles in between, winning a whole lot of battles in between now and then. And, right. and the fact of the matter is, this is a war of, of faith. And the ultimate objective of these people trying to destroy our country, it's to kill God. It's to destroy our country, period. And you're correct. Now we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. 
You're listening to Business Sense Radio, Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kimberly Hurley, and we will Uh be right back. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit, four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at FreedomFest.com. See you in Memphis. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, Business Writing, Outlook, and Sexual Harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com. All right. Thank you um, for our sponsors. We hope that you give them some support. Now, um, I want to I want to interrupt here just for a second, though. To, yes, let's on the topic when we left. And a half yes, left. just real quick with what Kimberly was saying right before the break. This is part of the proclamation of Moms for America, and I think it bears reading because it's it's super inspiring. Some of what they proclaim as an organization, we recognize the sacred role of mothers, the heart of the home, and the home is the heart of society. Mothers, by their divine nature and intrinsic influence, determine the future of a nation, mold its citizens, determine its institutions, and shape its destiny. Furthermore, and this is really the heart of it, freedom is a rare and prized possession which requires constant care and vigilance for its preservation. Each generation has a responsibility to instill a love of liberty and virtue in the hearts of the next generation. And I I really think that sums it all up is it's a heavy burden, but we must... We must make amends for the past of abdicating that responsibility and uh, instill patriotism in the hearts of our children for the future. So, Kimberly, we want to thank you. I can't thank you enough, actually, in regards to the amount of time that you've given us, the enlightenment and the knowledge about your organization, Moms for America. And I encourage everybody to go to the website. But I think one thing that she said, that Kimberly said, that just really opened my eyes. She went from being patriotic to a patriot. And a patriot fights for their beliefs. Kimberly, thank you so very much. Thank you. It was wonderful being here with you. And we all look forward to seeing you again Sunday afternoon over at the Marina Library, right? It's in... Yes, yep, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah yep. six, four, three o'clock, two o'clock. What time is that? What time? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> here, it's, it's at 5.30 Sunday, July 9th at the Marina Library on Seaside Circle in Marina. And actually, it's a very nice venue. So just because it's a marina, it doesn't mean it's out in the middle of nowhere. So go check her out. It's 5.30 to 6, 7 o'clock, something like that. It's free. And there is going to be drinks and finger food available in case you're starving to death. Again, Kimberly, thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. All right. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you. All right, we've got to wrap it up here. Thank you very much, Edward King. You've been listening to Issues That Matter. You can contact Edward and 
Kristen through the website bcrradio.com. And be sure to join us again next week at this same time on this station for another edition of Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. If you're listening in Monterey, hour number two comes up after the news at 3 p.m. Preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management.